welcome to the T-Hood Popcast. I'm Leland Steele. And I'm Moby. Yep, just the uh, two of us today, Leland. Wait, wait, wait. I, what are those chains? I, I hear the rattling of chains. Hey, hey. The chains are not actually what you're hearing. You're hearing the sound of a mystical, magic-infused metallic die that I have. A 20-sided die. Wow. And what I decided to do today... Uh, for a guest, because uh, we're going to discuss Baldur's Gate 3, a uh, very popular game right now. We're going to review it. And I thought I would roll a 20-sided die to see what guest we get. And the results of that die will define the guest. And so once I roll, I just need you to do the seance thing and we'll warp in the guest, okay? Okay. Okay, I'm rolling. We want the best guest in the world. Not the worst possible guest. Oh my god. Leland, a critical fail. A critical fail! But you have to do the summoning. Uh, you have to summon anyways. I'm sorry. Don't let him get the coffee. Critical fail. Don't let him get the coffee. Whoa. Did it do anything? Did it introduce the worst possible guest on planet Earth? And I'm Marty. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that preamble sucked more than I thought it would. That was pretty rough. It hurt my feelings, too. You're in hell. How could your feelings be hurt worse? You're burning. I thought, I thought for sure you're going to go with the D20. Yeah, to roll a natural 20. I, I don't know that Ghost Marty is... Or was still in hell. Because I don't think the last two times we brought him back, we've never sent him home. Well, then where, where's he been living? Silent I, Hill? I don't know. Yeah, Silent <laughs> Hill. <laughs> Sorry, Konami Silent Hill. Pre-Silent oh, Hill 4 I Silent see. Hill is where Marty's at. Uh, see, I, I've been busy procreating is what's happened. Oh, right. You guys <laughs> forgot to send me back. So then I proliferated the earth with children. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for reminding us of all the action you're getting that we are not. <laughs> well, so, speak, speak for yourself. That's true. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't even word. I Bye, know. let's take care, listener. <laughs> Bye-bye. Well, that was easy. Great show. Why, Great did show. I even Why did I even quit in the first place? It was like, no work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, it hurts. Welcome back, Ghost Marty. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, it's a good topic for me, right? This is a kind of kind of game I like to talk about, kind of game I like to play, and I have to defend its honor in case you come up with some bullshit theories about it or reasonings why it sucks, a la RE4. So, you know, <laughs> I have to be here for this one. I couldn't for RE4. It was just too close to the birth of my baby boy, so... Couldn't defend. Congratulations on that. Oh, well, thank you. Firing Magnum rounds there, buddy. Magnum rounds. So That's his name. (laughs) Magnum (laughs) rounds, Marty. Magnum rounds, Marty. Opener for Machine Gun Kelly on stage. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) That's good. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna talk some BG three. Uh, I know we've all got opinions on. It. I mean, it's gonna be a much nicer conversation than RE four make because I like BG three. I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be overwhelmingly positive from all three of us. 
Yeah, though, though I definitely have questions. Okay. I have questions for you two. I have answers for you, so it's fine. <laughs> Touche. Way to take that little and then just whack it back at me. <laughs> I, I have been saying since since Ghost Marty departed, the one thing the show has been missing is answers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Obviously, <laughs> I offer no answers, just stupidity. So as does this show 99% of the time. As we all know, <laughs> the cards certainly have none. <laughs> you want you want to get right into banter? I have a banter. I can lead off. If you can lead off, because my banter is a little bit different this week. Okay, sure. As uh, two days ago, as of recording this, anyways, I saw Emma and I saw uh, the Barbie movie, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was just fucking hilarious. Like the whole, (laughs) (laughs) I was just laughing pretty much the whole way through. Like Ryan Gosling's Ken is just hilarious. And honestly, the whole like cast as an ensemble is is great. Like everybody's great. Yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I I certainly didn't have any like misconceptions about what the movie was before going in. I mean, especially you know it's been out for what a month and a half, two months or whatever now. So like I knew what kind of movie it was. Uh, I knew what I was going to see. So it didn't like surprise me or really disappoint me in any, any way. It was it was kind of what I expected based on what people have been saying about it and what I've heard about it. Yeah. Well, Ken's story, I mean, just like the two sentence uh, synopsis of a story sounds hilarious. You know, it seems like he's created in this world where he's always the sidekick. He's, he's always just Ken, you know, Barbie just has to have Ken follow her everywhere, you know, doing whatever. And he comes into this world where he actually has the opportunity to be like, no, men can have some power or I can have some power. And uh, tries to revolutionize things. And I just can see Ryan Gosling eating up that role. It just seems like a Ryan Gosling kind of role. Totally. Yeah, totally. I know what you mean. And it totally was. It it definitely was. Were there any standouts for you in that movie? Like as far as whether it's Margot Robbie or another supporting Barbie or Ken or. Well, I think I think America Ferreira was uh, very good in it as well. And she her character had the. I, I don't know. I guess uh, for lack of a better term, her character had the burden of basically, you know, vocalizing in her own in her dialogue, uh, the like the plight of women, you know, which is a part of the kind of the themes of, of the movie and the, you know, the it's, I mean, essentially, it's like the imbalance between the genders is really what the movie is talking about the whole time and making light of the majority of the time. You know, you're set making it sound like the funniest movie in years based on your reaction to it. <laughs> well, I, I, I definitely can tell you that I didn't hear anybody else in the theater laughing out loud except for myself. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that usually means me and Ghost Marty will yeah. laugh. Oh, take yeah, that for that what means it I'll is. love it. <laughs> yeah. My yeah. favorite part of going to the movies with Leland is him awkwardly laughing at scenes where no one else is laughing. <laughs> been there, been there. It was like a Friday matinee. It was the first showing of the day. It, it, it was like noon. Did you go? Did you go to the stro- the strollers and like like mothers showing or something? It sounds like you're in the showing with the little kids. Yeah, definitely. There was like maybe a dozen people in the theater, and half of them were kids under ten. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh clearly, this movie one 
one, the movie's rated PG thirteen. It's not. It's not the movie. That, that's not the movie's audience. Did you get up and yell about Xbox like you did at? <laughs> no, I, I didn't have any beers smuggled in this time. So. <laughs> I just imagine like Barbie's head getting chopped off at some point and Leland just like breaking out laughing at the violence when you're supposed to be horrified. <laughs> Something like that. No. Her arms being disassembled. I mean, I thought I was laughing appropriately, but it might not have been the case. But I'm pretty sure I laughed at all the points where you're supposed to laugh and <laughs> in the movie, not Leland, at the inappropriate. You were things. laughing during Passion of the Christ, okay? You have no excuse. <laughs> 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 just kidding listener i think <laughs> a, co- a comedy two thousand years in the making <laughs> <laughs> we should write the quotes for the for the back of the dvd yeah, case that's, that's my cross to bear <laughs> we'll, we'll have jack black play like pontius pilot jesus you get out of here Okay, we'll do the casting later. Jesus, 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 this movie off your list. (laughs) (laughs) Cross the movie off your list. That's like combining it with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator was Judas. Jesus, I have thirty shekels of silver. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. You could do the sound effect. You could earn like ten thousand dollars just for saying. If the movie bye-bye. had been made in nineteen ninety like three, maybe that's what it would have been. Oh yeah, definitely. Anyways, I yeah, I would. I recommend going to see Barbie. I thought it was really funny. I thought all the performances were good. Okay, so for my banter, I actually looked pretty hard. I I went to Latino Review. Um, like one of my classic sites trying to look for inspiration. And I mean, just my sort of side of things I tend to comment on, you know, movies and TV is pretty dead right now. But I did just want to straight up ask you guys, what are you streaming currently? Uh, Movies or TV? Anything, you know, maybe you just want to point out recently you've enjoyed or uh, that we should stay away from. So Ghost Marty, let's start with you, if any. I have not been watching a lot because most of my free time is playing Baldur's Gate 3, but I did watch a little bit of a dating show on Netflix for Down Syndrome people that was kind of akin to Love on the Spectrum, and I liked Love on the Spectrum. I thought that was really entertaining. I did not like this show. I felt like it was way too slow, but I think it's the same kind of thing. And way too slow. That's not a backhanded comment or anything. I'm just saying that like the show itself was just paced really poorly. It was like 45 minutes per episode, which I think is insane for that kind of show. I don't think Love on the Spectrum was 45 minutes. If it was, it was a lot punchier and I dealt with it. But I don't know. I tapped out halfway through. But if you're into that kind of thing, uh, it's got the same kind of feel good sort of thing going on that 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 show did um and the i don't i didn't think the cast of uh i wouldn't want to say characters but maybe the the people they picked weren't maybe as engaging as the uh love on the spectrum were because some of them were pretty i i I, like they stand out right like i can still remember their names 
but uh, this show a little bit less. But you know, if it's you know something you want to watch with a you know significant other, or if you're Moby and you have all the free time in the world, uh, you know, <laughs> you got uh, bed bed on repeat twenty four seven. You know, might want to pick it up. Bed on repeat. I would love that app for life. Just like stamp that right into my chest. <laughs> that would be fan fucking tastic. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll give it a watch. I mean, I, I love Love on the Spectrum. I've seen every single episode. I, I search for episodes on YouTube from time to time to see if there's anything I miss. You know, I could see, I understand when you're talking about slow, those shows tend to have a uh, temptation to get bogged down in preamble. Like, for example, you know, a kid living at home about to go on a date, but he or she's nervous and so you spend like five, 10 minutes of him or her talking to their parents. Like, what do they wear? What do they do? And it's kind of like, no, get to the date. Like, that's the punchline, right? I, I don't know if that mm-hmm. show falls into that. But Love on the Spectrum at certain points did fall into that. Yeah, it's just a little different because Love on the Spectrum, a lot of it is how anxious all these people are. And then with this show, because 90% of them have Down syndrome, they're just all super stoked to go on dates. So it's a completely <laughs> different vibe. Uh, which is actually kind of cool because like a lot of times there'll be two two people on a date with both the down syndrome and they're both just super excited the whole time whereas love on the spectrum sometimes got really awkward because it was like one of them was so anxious that it was just incredibly difficult to it was almost so hard just for me at least to sit through at times but they're all endearing right so you're all wanting them to succeed i i think maybe it's just for me it was just too slow poorly paced it was a bit slow fair enough uh leland Steele, you've been watching anything anything good recently other than uh barbie to either recommend or dissuade us from uh despite my hatred of week weekly releases on a streaming service i am currently up to, as of, again as of recording up to date on ahsoka Hey-o. which i'm really liking like i think it's 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 really good so far i i am a fan of of uh star wars rebels the, the animated series, which basically this is like a sequel to essentially or a continuation of. Right. And I think that helps a lot. Uh, it is really cool seeing live action versions of these characters and set pieces and the ships and stuff like that. Um, that's what I'm really enjoying. I don't think as of yet, uh, other than Huang, who is voiced by David Tennant, I don't think there's any like breakout performances in the first three episodes so far. But I'm still really enjoying the series. Episode three was pretty much like all action and it was really entertaining. Uh, so I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I think it's cool. Yeah. Uh, Marty, have you watched that one at all yet or no? No, I'm pretty much done with live action Star Wars TV series, I think. I- I'm just too far behind at this point. Like, I-, I haven't watched Andor. I haven't watched season three of um, Mandalorian. I haven't watched, I haven't watched Boba Fett's. Uh, haven't watched the, the Obi-Wan. Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty behind. I never watched Rebels either. I, I don't think this is probably intended. I'm not the intended audience, and I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan to begin with, so I'm probably done. Similar to Marvel TV shows, I'm just too far behind on everything at this point. I think for me to get into a TV show, and I actually have another one I did watch recently, which I'll, I'll comment on, um, but uh, it almost has to be a limited series or something that is like two seasons in, maybe 16 episodes tops. Then I can maybe maybe see myself committing. But I got to pick and choose here. I got to pick my battles and 
Um, yeah, there's not much that's really pulling my attention. The only thing I, I did like recently was The Bear. I watched season one of The Bear Ooh. a couple weeks back. Um, I ended up really liking it. I think we talked, uh, Leland and I at least talked about it at one point. Um, he had seen a couple episodes. I went and finished it. Uh, I thought it came together well, but I haven't seen season two, and apparently they're on season two now. So, Okay, yeah, that's interesting. I'll, I'll give that a watch. I was going to ask you guys about that uh, outside of the podcast. You know, the stuff you tend to like, I tend to like, so... Um, you know, I'll give that, uh, give that a watch. Uh, that's, that was my only banter. I legitimately could not find anything else. Leland or Marty, do you guys have any other banters? Yeah. I, the only other thing that I have going on is I recently tried Starfield. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> probably the, the biggest release of the year, or at least hype for a lot of people. Um, did not really blow me away, but part of that I think is, the comparison game i'm sitting here comparing it to Baldur's gate and the timing is horrific for me i just do not have the time to invest in that right now and it's going to be a huge investment i know to get going in a game like that uh i still have tears of the kingdom to plug through which is beyond enormous um i'm actually really looking forward to october when alan wake 2 and spider-man come out because those will be slightly smaller games well, Spider-Man 2, I don't know. <laughs> it's open world, but, it, you know, okay, what, a 40-hour game as opposed to a 200-hour game? And, yeah, I, yeah, I can deal with that. And Alan Wake will just be a good, you know, probably 15, 20-hour experience. So that I'm actually looking forward to, something a little bit smaller. I have to play Dave the Diver because Moby keeps harping on me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You know, you're being very original, Marty, and being the first person ever to be dissatisfied with a Todd Howard game on release date. Never <laughs> happened before. <laughs> well, the funny the funny reason I think this this time is it seems to work fine. It's like they fixed all the bugs. And then there's people online complaining that there's no bugs. They're like, oh, it doesn't feel like a Bethesda game. What is happening to gaming in 2023? There's too many bugs. There's not (laughs) enough bugs. bugs. There's more and less bugs. We need more more and less bugs. I know. Yeah. (laughs) So you think think the reason that it actually works is because of the way it actually... The way they built the game as far as the exploration, it's no longer a huge giant map that you can just walk from one to the other you have to you know you have you're in you're in what seems like far more restricted parameters as far as the exploration side of it goes anyways which i've certainly seen a lot of people bitching about some other people saying doesn't bother them most of what i've seen is or most of like the the side of it that i'm on or or viewing from is watching all of the like star citizen fans be happy that Starfield wasn't a star citizen killer. <laughs> I had a feeling that that would be a big thing for star citizen fans. Yeah. Cause it's not star citizen at all. It's, no. it's not supposed to be though. It's not. No. And it's very, and they've been, they very much said from the beginning, I think that they've kind of, they have never implied that you could get in your ship, fly it to a planet and land on it seamlessly. That's not how the game works. No, but there has been implication over social media and, and Twitter responses that once on a planet, you can basically walk from one end to the other. So, but Todd Howard has said to the contrary. So there's been conflicting from different people, right? Which always happens. 
Yeah. So the plan, how the planets work is they're they're not really the whole planet. You're it's kind of like a chunk of a planet, I guess. And I think it's intended that a lot of these secondary planets in the game are mostly for resource gaining and like little like side missions. They're not so much like story missions. So you're not going there finding a big side quest or finding a bunch of hidden, really interesting stuff. It feels much more like the old school Mass Effect planets where you'd go there. There'd be a couple little like resource management things you could do. uh, And then maybe a couple, a chance to gain experience, etc. Whereas the larger planets and outposts, especially the main like city based ones, then they have tons of opportunity for exploration. Uh, That sounds like that's the bulk of the game right there. Um, so in a lot of ways, yeah, it doesn't feel like classic Bethesda, big open world, go anywhere at any time seamlessly, which is probably disappointing for a lot of people. I, I, I mean, I'm kind of still, I'm still interested. I'll definitely still play it at some point because I really do love Bethesda games, uh, for all their quirk. My most played game on Steam is Elder Scrolls Online. So, uh, you know, Fallout 3, I've beaten like four or five times. And, uh, you know, we all, I played Sky. I was at the midnight opening of Skyrim. Like, I've, I've been a big fan of these games for years. You and I played the hell out of Oblivion back in the day, uh, which I still think might be one of the best ones. At least I, probably because that's the one that introduced it, me to it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so, uh, but I've been disappointed with them recently. Fallout 4 didn't do much for me comparatively. I remember the, my first reaction to Fallout 4 was disappointment. And then Fallout New Vegas, I have yet to get working. I had it on, uh, I think I had it on Game Pass for a while. Tried it, didn't work. Could not get it working for life. Me would constantly crash. This is four or five years into game development, mind you. Uh, so that's that's a problem. I don't care that, you know, PCs have their own little quirks. You, a game should work at that point. I shouldn't have to fight with the, with the systems five years in, you know, on a triple A title. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Starfield definitely seems to be getting some somewhat mixed reviews from a few sources, but overall positive. It's just not the killer game that maybe some people hoped it would be it's not that 10 out of 10 blow you away game but if what you're looking for is more bethesda with some uh quality of life upgrades from the sounds of it the combat does look like it gets fun later it is what it is it's still a bethesda game they haven't changed the uh the engine it uses i think it's still the same one they've been using for a decade plus now yeah uh, i think since morrowind they've just uh reworked this thing yeah, for yeah, yeah. you know it's it's a skeleton they basically would build off of right sure wasn't that why there are or why there was i guess by the, by the sounds of it persistent bugs that are the exact same across generations of them releasing games because it's all in the same skeleton as you say oh yes for sure uh there's pros and cons to that as well the modding community loves it because they can easily mod they know how the how it works right so people who could mod for skyrim can mod for this quite easily apparently uh so pros and cons to this but at the same time it does feel like they have to evolve with the times you know you have unreal engine 5 out there and that's just a night and day difference when it comes when you look at the graphics uh, and, and probably the way it runs too. Yeah, I don't know. It's like you. I mean, uh, uh, we we've already touched on it, really. But we had you have the people bitching because it's different than a Fallout, but people will also bitch because it's 
not different. You know what I mean? Like all those aspects that you say are the same. And if the same shit that Bethesda has been doing, which are the things that I'm not interested in, like, I, I really don't have any interest in Starfield. Like I would, you would have, I would have to hear from you, Mar- Marty, after, you know, you put maybe 20 hours in and you say, look, it gets like, it's worth playing once you hit, you know, you get past the intro or however X men hours. Right. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm just not sold on it. And I have never really been impressed by the Fallout games or anything other than the Elder Scrolls from Bethesda. I don't know what it is. I always thought Fallout, and I think, like, I agree with you, Fallout 4, I think was way overhyped when it came out. And I think people hold that game specifically in too high a regard. Because it was the same as Fallout 3. It's the same shit. They just keep doing the same shit. This is what I don't get. And they don't change a fucking thing. And they just keep getting the same thing, the same fucking games that they somehow take a decade to work on. Like, if, if Starfield is so... What took them so long to make Starfield, then? This is... I don't... I don't understand game development. Clearly. <laughs> I think a, a lot of Starfield's development cycle is was spent trying to polish it. I think that's actually why it came out ne- this year, not last year. Uh, and p- good for them, because well, yeah. honestly, in, in 2023, the amount of games that are getting released that are broken is staggering so for them to at least take the time and say no we're gonna do this right even if it's not what everyone wanted it's what we it's the vision we intended so kudos to them that's if this is what a game they intended to make they made it if if they intended to make something different that everyone else some seems to be hoping that it was or at least a good faction of the community uh then that's disappointing but at the same time i think you're right you can't please everybody this this is just how it is, especially in the internet age. Uh, there's very few games that are universally beloved by everybody. I, I, I don't think they're, you know, you probably have to go back to uh, uh, Zelda games on the N64 to, <laughs> that everyone would agree, okay, that's a great game. Because nowadays, everyone's going to find something that, to bitch about. And you almost just have to be the right person for it. I mean, case in point, Resident Evil 4, the one of the best games of the year. And somehow there's one person, one person in this room who <laughs> has some criticisms of it that are unwarranted. We won't get into it because I'll be here until midnight, but let's just we'll do that we'll, in December. Yeah, I'll leave it for the four four hour episode. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> good, good rant. Good banter, fellas. That's that's good shit. I guess. Do we want to move on to our uh, first segment here? Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. I guess uh, I'll lead us in on this one, which is called Baldur's Great Three? Question mark. So we're going to talk about... Is... <laughs> Wait, do you actually... You pronounce it Baldur? Baldur's Gate. Is that wrong? Baldur's? Well, Baldur's? I, I mean, it's... That's... I, I've always pronounced it Baldur's. It's Baldur's Gate. Yeah. I'm a refined individual, Steel. <laughs> oh. I come from French high class, okay? I haven't Baldur. made it to, to, to the wealthy side of town in the game yet, so if they if they call it Baldur's <laughs> Gate, then I'll report back to you. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Could you imagine? There's like some king there. He's like, well, of course, it was always Baldur's. What do you think, hero? And you have to correctly answer Baldur. <laughs> yeah, on, honestly, guys, I didn't know the name was could even be pronounced differently. I, I always said Baldur's. So, okay, you guys can laugh at me, but I, I don't think I'll be able to change that for this episode, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's, how 
How? It's my natural <laughs> way. How? So, so when you spell it, if you if you enunciated it, it would be ball doers. Yes, ball doers gate. gate. Okay. Well, how come you don't pronounce gate gate? That's a good question. Actually, <laughs> ball doers gate three. <laughs> Maybe I need a speech therapist. Maybe it was right all along. Bulldoers get me. And if I was calling it that, you guys would like radio an ambulance for me or something. Yeah, because like, you would be mid-stroke. Exactly. Bulldoers get me. Okay, but like uh, this is the main segment. This this is primarily why we're here today. Talk about Baldur's Gate 3. We're all in different parts of it. Maybe, you know what, uh, Leland Steele, you lead us off. Uh we're not going to do spoilers for a couple minutes here, but uh, Leland, your overall thoughts on the game, non-spoilery to start, and then we'll go Marty. This is the this kind of this first type of uh, game, like this type type of action. I mean, what what is this genre of game called, Marty? CRPG. CRPG is often yes, the term used. Okay, so this is like real the the first one of these that I've really played or put time into. Uh, so getting used to just how, how it all functions, just even how you're, you're viewing your characters and the map and the area around you was new ish to me. Right. So I kind of went in this, I, I basically virginity intact and I've since had my hymen blasted <laughs> apart and it feels really great. <laughs> it feels it really feels great awesome. despite the enormous amounts of blood. Yes. I'm having a good time. <laughs> yeah. I, well, okay. that says it all, folks. <laughs> all right. Big he, bang he, broke his, he, he blasted apart his hymen and there's blood everywhere. Eldritch blasted his hymen right in half. <laughs> <laughs> so I I just got into Acts 2. I think I've probably played in the ballpark of 25 to 30 hours at this point. Um, Emma has put in over a hundred and finished, uh, the game by now, as it has been out for a month at time of recording, at least. I think, uh, it helps obviously having much familiarity with, uh, Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition, which was a lot of the, the rules and the mechanics of the video game uh, are based right out of the TTRPG, which, uh, is again, more familiar territory, um, definitely helped me into this new genre of game, uh, as I had uh, previously mentioned, in case anybody forgot about the Hyman blasting. Uh, so it all kind of just, I don't know, that with with all the, the great voice acting, I mean, I'm currently playing the Dark Urge um, uh, background, which is just really fucking fun and funny. <laughs> so I'm having a lot of fun being a, a real crazy, chaotic-ish, evil character, but doesn't really know why they're that way or why they have these urges of violence, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm having, I'm having a blast and the more I play, it's just the more I'm, the more I'm enjoying it and the more I'm, um, sucked into it. Awesome. Uh, Marty, your opening thoughts. Yeah. So I might've even talked about this on an episode of long time ago, but I played the early access right when it came out, uh, in 2020. Um, I, played about 25 hours of that it's it was act one basically right up to about where you are moby like the underdark area uh so that's what i'd played so uh that uh, they've actually changed quite a bit 
since I played even that early access part. Uh, it's been revamped quite nicely. Uh, my initial thoughts on this were I had a lot of like my, my expectations were high. I really love uh, CRPGs from what I've played. They're one of my favorite genres. Divinity 2 from Bilarian Studios is one of my favorite games. It, and it, this plays very similarly. Uh, the only difference is, of course, the inspiration by um, Dungeons and Dragons and the rule set is different. Uh, and obviously it has a much higher coat of polish. Uh, they put a lot of work into this game and it really shows the voice acting and the character models are phenomenal. Uh, the animation is phenomenal. And, and I think that's because they mo-capped just about everyone who did voices. Like damn near like... 99% of every every voice line. Yes. Up until you get to near the end of the game where there's so many characters on screen that a few of them you can't talk to, you can pretty much talk to every single character in the game, uh, and all of them have some form of animation to, to them when they talk to you. It does not feel nearly as stilted as some other RPGs do when you have communications with characters. The options are just staggering. Uh, frankly, I can already see what a second playthrough could involve because of how so many quest lines carry through from your decisions right at the beginning of the game to the very end. And some of them are mi very minor, but it's really cool that 70 to 80 hours in, I'm still seeing people I met in hour two or three and there's stuff happening to them. I can't get into some spoilers. Uh, even when we get into spoilers, I don't want to root for you guys, but like there's some decisions you can make that are so poor and you don't even realize it <laughs> because you just and the game warns you the game's like you can't turn back from this and i'm thinking well whatever <laughs> what is that what, <laughs> could that what could that possibly mean but i learned what that could possibly mean um, oh, no. and it and it all makes sense right like uh, i uh, when you guys get there i'll explain it to you but essentially uh shit can go sideways and i love that about this game the fact that all these decisions really feel impactful and it really feels like a true role-playing game. It just, you can do so much. There's so many options and so many different ways you can play your character. Uh, I mean, the dark urge, for example, like I'm definitely going to be playing that on another play, play around. Uh, I have another file already started where I'm definitely evil for, for all intents and purposes. My main character is, Probably the most cookie cutter good playthrough that I'd say ninety percent of people probably do, based on the uh, the Steam uh, achievements that those ones always seem to get popped the most mm. uh, for people, whereas the the evil ones, the really truly evil ones, get popped less. Yeah, it's gonna be really neat to see like what a second playthrough is. And in terms of gameplay, uh, this plays like I said, similarly to Divinity Two, but different. Obviously, the rules are a bit different. They've definitely refined it since I played. They added reactions, which weren't in the game when I played initially. The combat feels better, for sure. Uh, it, it definitely gets better as you play. Uh, the The first act, I think, is the weakest combat-wise. It opens up around level 5 significantly once you get two actions for most characters. Yeah, it's it's really cool now. Like I'm level 11, uh, so I have access to some pretty wicked spells um and you can just do so much you don't feel like you're constantly having to rest every five minutes to like get your spell yeah. slots back uh i think which i think is implemented well for the most part i have very few complaints with the game up until this point so i'm excited to chat about it clearly based on my 30 minute ted talk i just gave you yes and we will uh we'll dive into the meat and the bones uh in a minute here 
yeah, myself, uh, CRPG games are, I guess I would consider them about average out of all the different genres that I enjoy. Not great, not terrible. I mean, as you guys know from the podcast, I love Wasteland 3, which Ghost Marty got me on one of my favorite games of all time. On the other hand, I've probably devoted 10 and 15 hours each to Fallout 1 and 2. Couldn't really get them done. To be quite honest, same goes with Wasteland 2, um, which I played after Wasteland 3. Uh, It's significantly less polished, and I got stuck in a spot about 8 hours in that I just could not get out of. But I love this game in general. What I really like is the voice acting, the dialogue choices. It's amazing. I am a player type. Leland, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm the actor. I'm the social type in a pen and paper D&D session. Like what I want to do is roll die for charisma checks and wisdom checks and things like that. Negotiate and talk my way in and out of things. And this game in general allows me to do that. My criticism of it is like an hourglass. I feel like this game eventually funnels you down into mandatory or near mandatory combat segments. Much like, uh, I don't know if he's listener or non-listener, Dan, but my old buddy, our old mutual friend, when I was part of his big brother's pen and paper D&D session for about a year, he was similar. He was a DM that would get frustrated with social encounters, which is what I wanted, and he'd force funnel you into battles. I do feel like uh, BG3 does that a bit. Uh, But otherwise, like the mechanics are implemented great. It's fun to roll the digital die. I don't have a problem with any of the characters. Of course, I like some better than others. Graphics are great. Yeah, I I think it's a really good CRPG so far. What kind of character did you make, Moby? My character, well, it actually has a T-HUD inference there. I like some of the tattoo designs that you could put on your face. So back in 2007, a certain Leland Steele and a once alive Marty, while I was drunk on mead, uh, they drew a (laughs) raven eating a bird or something similar on my face. I I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And so with this game having to do with a, you know, a tadpole from a, a, a mind flare placed in your brain in like the opening minute of the game, I was like, what if I twist this? Because role-playing is my own thing. And what if, like, I feel like they've implanted this, like, raven embryo into my face? And that's why I have the tattoo. And I'm the kind of person that, even though I'm in my late 30s, I enjoy role-playing that way. So that's what I'm doing. And otherwise, I'm playing him like me. Like, I mean, in this game, everything that has an appendage wants to fuck you. So I'm <laughs> going after Shadowheart. <laughs> But it's like, I tell you, there's a wizard called Gale. And Marty, you say there's great dialogue choices. I have like 10 dialogue choices for Gale and like nine of them are to have sex with him. I don't, I haven't done anything. I don't want him. He's just like a regular British dude. Like, I think he's cool. Uh, I, I think Gale's a bit of a horn dog. So Yeah, Gale's, Gale comes on strong for sure. I don't have Gale in my play. You don't, you don't have him at all? Did, did you have him at any point? No. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, Leland, how you're answering this question is creeping me out here. Like, are you a serial killer? Like, do you kill your NPCs? Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll touch on it in <laughs> when we get into spoiler stuff. We can talk about it if you Who really are if you, you really want it spoiled. But uh, what kind yeah, of man I, are you? I don't have the good fortune <laughs> of of having Gale. I didn't find Lazelle after the crash. Uh I don't have many. I feel like I don't have many people at the camp to make up my party. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. You're no. missing two. <laughs> yeah. I... You're forgetting to have fun. No, no, what no. Is... I'm having a great time and I'm happy with my party. God forbid if any, any of them die. <laughs> oh, Marty, imagine how much fun he'd have with a normal size party. <laughs> it's like one person with him. This is black one. He's got like one person. He's got the bard. It's too bad because because Lazelle would be perfect for you in this game based on I, your actions. I have heard as much. Um, I also don't have that bard for reasons. There's <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of bad bad things that happen, and honestly, the majority of them happen at camp. It's not even out in the wild. <laughs> I just want, Marty, I don't know about you. I'm going to get to spoilers and figure out what the fuck went on in this game because it sounds so. Well, I don't, I don't know. I, it's all like dark urge stuff. So I don't know if I want to spoil it for yeah. Marty. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I will, I will say that, Moby, that outside of the dark urge, there are ways to basically, instead of getting party members, you could just kill them. And it's like implied that you could just, because there's, obviously negative interactions between different party members so you could be like all right f this guy you're going down or there's times where party members may leave forever if you make poor to some poor decisions which happened in uh, my multiplayer game oh no yeah so and it was just a, a f- we hadn't saved in a while and i hit a button and i was like oh he's gone forever <laughs> it even said <laughs> he's left forever <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, before we move into spoilers, spoilery stuff, I wanted to touch on your comment about feeling like there's you still eventually get bottlenecked into combat. And I don't know if it's just the way I'm playing. So uh, I made a character. Uh, he's a green dragonborn named Buzz Monkton. He, he's a monk. I'm level five right now. Almost, almost level six. Um, up until literally the last hour of, of me playing... He's just gone completely naked because he doesn't need to wear clothes because he has unarmored defense. So there's no reason for him to wear clothes. But of course, I feel like uh, all but really I can think of a single time that I was forced into combat that felt like no matter what dialogue choice I picked, uh, we would have fought. Every other time I feel like I've had to initiate the combat. Um. I mean, I will say I've been able to talk myself out of some small encounters. I'm talking maybe like two ogres or three goblins. I was able to do that early. I'm pretty sure the one spot we're both thinking we couldn't talk our way out of is the same spot. Especially if it involves three three certain NPCs that you're told you need to do something with those NPCs. And I found no way to do it except kill them. Uh, and I ah, you're incorrect okay. well, then if yeah that if oh you're kidding that. me at least one oh, of those man. three i know you can actually have join your camp wow okay. uh, unless I i'm completely mistaken coming. it's possible no you yeah. very well may not be mistaken so uh maybe we'll just jump into spoilers sure now, i think we can let's just do it so this is mainly going to be act one spoilers right 
Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll keep Act 1. Um, yeah, so basically, depending on who you side with in Act 1 indicates who could be joining your party, right? So um, obviously being good, uh, siding with the Druids, Halson right. joins your party, right? Right. Whereas I'm assuming if you're evil, you could have one of the those three leaders of the Absolutists join your party. Oh, At the Goblin okay. Camp, right? Yeah. Yeah, yes, like you, that's you, correct. You believe yes. you can have Minthara... Uh, join your the drow right so that's interesting because i did nothing but fight her i never even talked to her me too me too to be quite honest i i had no fucking clue she was i did speak to her and i even got to torture a prisoner for a little bit and i accidentally killed the prisoner and then I had to fight some goblins because they got mad. <laughs> but and then I, I subsequently came back and just wiped everybody out. So yeah, I just I just feel like I've initiated a lot of the deaths that have that have happened. <laughs> well, thank you, Ted Bundy. Uh, Marty, what was your experience? Um, I I killed everyone there, um, okay. but for the for for good reasons. The only one that the only one that survived was one of the goblin children, which who ran away. Um, however, him running away alerted the rest of the camp. So then I had to kill the rest of the camp. <laughs> you know, I, okay. So the whole Emerald Grove thing, the, like the Druid versus the Tiefling things, I didn't think I picked a side, but obviously wiping out the Goblin camp is what the Tieflings wanted. So suddenly they're just at my camp and we're having a party. I didn't invite them. I don't know who did. <laughs> I didn't want them there. You turned on the cartoons. Right. You turned on the puppet cartoon. <laughs> so then I I here. I never even found Helson in the goblin camp, like as a prisoner. I just wiped the camp and then I kind of went away to sell some shit and then I long rested and suddenly the tieflings are there. And then I got to some other point and I, I can't re quite recall, but suddenly Helson was just at my camp, even though I had, or he showed up there and that was the first time I'd ever seen him or talked to him. But what's interesting is uh, I was a bit of a dick to him, and I don't think he likes me very much. So he's in the camp, but I cannot get him to join my party. I can't take him out. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Because so what I do is at camp, everybody rests with no clothes on. Everyone's naked. But in order for you to take the clothes from them, they have to be part of your party. So everybody there, I just add to the party. <laughs> drop their clothes and then everyone's just having a good time naked so he's the only one that's clothed and it's really awkward and i just want to get him to take his clothes off that's it which is which is funny because halston is incredibly horny so you think he would be down. <laughs> i know but he's, he's too good he, if you know you know exactly he's too good so uh <laughs> he, he won't he he and buzz will not be sharing a kinship uh or romance there will be no Hyman smashing between the two of them, clearly, because he doesn't like Buzz. <laughs> he hates him. Well, Leland Steele, to be quite honest, it seems like you played this game like pretty much how North Korea would if they were to play a video game. So <laughs> um, it's not, it's not, it doesn't sound like the greatest fun. Uh, my game's much happier. Um, I think I have most people and most of them are happy. But yeah, to to kind of expand on what Marty said, I mean, my character's pretty good for the most part. He's trying to do good stuff. Uh, he doesn't like to lie, but he likes to charm. I mean, one thing I wanted to ask you guys as we went around to nitpick, I, I mean, I just don't know when to throw this in, but uh, I'm wondering what your favorite 
player in your party is. So not yourself. I'm just curious, who is your favorite NPC within your party? I just wanted to ask that at some point today. Might as well ask it now. Um, based on storyline or gameplay? Uh, you know, I would say if you had two different ones for either, sure. Uh, Kalak. Karlak? It's Karlak, yeah. Uh, the Tiefling. Um, she's my favorite for combat, the Barbarian. Yeah, yeah she's good. She's got the DPS, man. Yeah, she crushes it. Uh, and then Shadowheart's my favorite uh, character, storyline-wise. Yeah, I would almost agree with that, except I would say Astorian is my favorite for combat. Um, I've never played a rogue before, and I'm really finding out why when I was DM, you like sneak attack so much. Sneak attack is fun. And it's he can as. sneak attack with arrows or his bladed weapons. Uh, but for personality, I gotta go with Shadowheart. Too. Oh, yeah. She's just... Yes. Shadow Heart all the way. Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. She's definitely. She has a really cool story arc. Uh, act two is awesome for Shadow Yeah, Heart. I'm excited to to get into it. Um, I absolutely hate a story, a starian. I cannot stand him. <laughs> wow. Gameplay or personality or him. both? Uh, well, I mean, I like the sneak attack too. So, and I like that he's really great at disarming and picking locks. So I have him in the party, but I cannot stand him. I. Hate him enough that I went to the trouble of getting him to agree to meet me and romance me one night. I stood him up and went with Shadowheart that same night instead. (laughs) 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 And it didn't really do anything. Like he wasn't, he didn't really say much about it, but I know that I stood him up (laughs) and I feel better about it. (laughs) Listener, a story in his voice by Jared Leto. I just thought I'd throw that out there. (laughs) So in my game, um, well, that would make a lot of sense. That would see that would be a full circle <laughs> moment in my game. Uh, I Shadowheart offered to have a drink with me. Oh. I of course I of course said yes, but then I decided to stand her up because I was waiting for Carlac, and oh, <laughs> I'm 80 yeah. hours into the game, and Carlac just told some random person that her and I were friends. So I don't think this is going well. <laughs> How did my dating life get into your BG? Seriously, like we ran into somebody who knew her and and that person was like, oh, who's this? And she's like, is this is this a, a, a like a loved one or something? And she's like, oh, that's my buddy. I'm like, oh, look, shit. that's so funny because Carlac. That's I the really kind of like game Karlak where you too. get offended over that. Right? Yeah, totally. I really yes. like Carlac, the character too. Uh, and yes. and in yeah. I like her, yeah. but she's also like on the good side. So she doesn't fit with Buzz. Um, she was really not liking a lot of the things that were going on. So I had to oust her. I subbed her out and put Asterian <laughs> in because Asterian <laughs> loves every fucking evil darkers thing that I do, no matter what it is. <laughs> he fucking loves it all. Yeah, but some for some reason, I have Will. And Will is also a very good character, but Will really likes me and also really wants to fuck me. So all three of these characters in my party, they all want to have sex with me. Naturally. I'm hoping Naturally. Shadowheart will be open to, uh, you know, a little something, something so I can get it on with Will as well. Because I like mean, Will. And, you know, but look, what does having sex with Shadowheart have to lead to Will? Like I, what I is going to, on? Why can't I? Universe? Why can't we all just be together? I don't. I don't. Yeah, what? but it's not like one leads to another. It's not connected dots, Leland. You don't have <laughs> sex with someone, and then a Look, dot leads so, to another dot. Okay, my favorite part about all the like maintaining the relationships and stuff and building them is that 
I, I don't know if this is how the actual mechanics of it work, but it just feels like obviously like the more the better your approval rating is, like the easier it is to get them to persuade them to do things, right? And that makes sense that that it would work it would work that way. So I don't know if either of you are indulging and in, judging by the sounds of your characters, uh, probably not. But I don't know if you're indulging in the extra worms in your brain and the illithid powers. No, Moby said no to the worm. I, I did also say no to the worm. Okay. Buzz is all in <laughs> on the worms. And he has convinced, literally by rolling and getting and achieving DCs, I've convinced both Shadowheart and Will to accept the worms. And I have given no. them worms as well. Asterian, no worms. Asterian wants the worms so badly. Like he would get he would suck <laughs> off as many fucking dicks as he could. To get the worms, and I will, re I refuse to give him any. He will receive no fucking worms. His role is to unlock chests and trigger traps if he can't disarm them. That is it. That's it. Your genuine hatred of him is so satisfying. I fucking, it really is. Hate him. I as your friend. Him. I love how much you hate him. I'm feeding off your energy like a vampire right now. I admit, I'm an energy vampire. <laughs> I admit that it, I may. My opinion of him may be tainted because I let him bite me one night and things got a little out of hand. That that might be that might be why I don't know if either of you had let have let him feed on you. Yeah, he fed on me, but I pushed him off. At, you know, I was able to convince him to stop. So I didn't at the first prompt. And then I'm like, well, it seems like Buzz is enjoying this. So the second prompt, I also didn't try to stop him. And then <laughs> let's just say I didn't get a third prompt. Okay. Oh, no. And a scroll of Revivify was used the next morning. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. That yeah. must have been an awkward conversation. It was, it was, yeah. I, I got up and I'm like, dude, what the fuck? He's like, oh, well, I'm so sorry. Oh, I got a little carried away. I was like, fuck you, dude. You pompous little bitch. Like, fuck. I hate him so much. I hate him so much. Like, if he, I'm, this is I'm the just, best story ever. I'm just waiting for him to die in some combat. And I mean, I don't, I'm not reloading. If he dies, he <laughs> dies. If Shadowheart dies, I'll replay the last 10 hours if I haven't saved. It's uh, to get her back. You know what I mean? Like, fuck that dude. <laughs> Your hatred of a storing is so mad. Oh, I hate him. It all makes sense. I hate him so and much. And also does. I just I can't but... stand him. <laughs> I hate yeah, him so much. Death. So so what I do, Leland, is I if I can't open a chest, I pick up the entire chest <laughs> and I bring it back to camp. And then I make a stereon unlock it for me at camp. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> the best thing to do. <laughs> so do you oh, have to like man. Tell somebody to stay at camp and then put them back in your party to then get them to do it, unlock them in camp? Or is there a way to do it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, I don't like that. That mechanic is probably the only thing about the camp thing that, that I really don't like. I, you should just be able to click on the character's icon and, and, and quick swap them while you're in camp. That would be much, much easier. That would be nice. Yeah, or... or, or don't at the very least like like yeah like yeah it's a swap like you don't have to dismiss somebody before you can take a new guy like just let me sub them out without having to have a, a a little hole in the in my party right like it yeah it's kind of annoying and also the other thing that really irks me 
uh, sometimes is just kind of the the movement pathing. And a lot of the times I don't I guess I don't really realize what I'm clicking to to do. Right. Especially like if you have a ranged attack and the the enemy is out of range, like just you trying to attack them will incorporate your character moving forward or closer to them to get them. And I don't like that. I just want the attack to go off. And I, I don't know if it's just like, I don't controls. I don't really understand or don't know how to do properly, but also other times, like, you know how many times I fucking accidentally stepped into lava when I've been trying to jump over something like it's so frustrating. It can be so frustrating. Yeah. It's sometimes it's, it, pays to like split your party and move everyone separately or even just go into turn-based mode if it's a really complex area because of that but like i've done that in combat i just wasn't paying attention to the movement trail yeah that's the thing like it it sometimes um it does it it is it does show you where it's gonna go but yeah yeah sometimes it does not follow the obvious path it seems and i think sometimes that's based on like character height and stuff where it seems obvious that you might be able to travel up one location or if there's a location that would require going through like take a bit of damage say through like a a field of like spikes or whatever it'll go the other way and then you end up in a fucking field of lava or something stupid uh yeah that's sometimes that isn't perfect some yeah and sometimes uh actually very recently where there's kind of been like a i guess there's a series of jumps as i'm traversing and half of the party like asarian and will just won't jump they refuse to follow me when it's just me and Shadowheart hopping across and we're going and moving on. And I'm suddenly like, wait a second, where are the other two? And they're like all the way back at this jump. And I'm like, what are they doing? So I had to manually select them, jump them over manually rather than them just following me. Uh, So I don't know why that happens, but that's also annoying. I think that's height based. So occasionally with my party that happens where it's like if you're oriented in one way with one character, it's like they would have had to move slightly. So the game gets confused with the follow. So that's Mm. why like one guy almost almost, it's almost like clipping in a way like they're not quite big enough to jump from there where they are. So they should move and jump. But because you already jump, they don't know what to do. It does happen occasionally. Uh, It happened to me a while back where one guy uh it was kind of my fault but by the time i paid attention it's like he wasn't connected to my party and he was so far away it took me another you know three minutes to (laughs) catch him up which isn't big in the end in the scope of things it is a slow-paced game so it does take like an hour to do anything anyways but yeah it can be a little bit frustrating for sure i mean i've i've mistakenly teleported you know three-fourths of my party to another part of the map not realizing that one of them was like ungrouped or something. And I'm like, wait, where? Yeah. And I'm like, wait, where? oh shit, where did I leave them? <laughs> so I had to teleport back, get them. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Are you guys save scumming at all? Like trying something and then reloading? I'm trying not to, but yeah, of course, of course I've done it. And, and I will say predominantly, I just get like TPK'd and game overed um, in like difficult combats. Either I survive them or I get TPK'd, I'm finding. Did you guys, because we're in spider spider territory, we're in spoiler territory, the uh, spiders in the burnt village, I'm assuming both of you fought Mama Spider down there for a little side quest. Yeah, I found that. Yeah, so um, because on the topic of save scumming, which I didn't do, that was one fight I had a lot of trouble with because I was maybe 80% good enough to beat Mama and all her baby spiders, but I just couldn't do it. 
And so I was trying to get lucky, like doing it four or five times and just uh, kept reloading it. And actually after that, I, I wasn't saved scamming or scumming, but I was saving more often after that point. You know, one thing I want to make sure we do, because I want to do it myself, is, you know, make sure we talk about each other's characters, parties, and like maybe a couple good moments we went through. And we kind of did that with Leland. We can circle back if you want to talk about your character a bit. But um, Marty, I'm interested in you. Like, who's your character? What's their class? And maybe a few notable moments you had in Act 1. Yeah, so my character is Faye. She's a gnome ranger. She has the vulva B, I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> Very important choice. Good choice. So how I've kind of played her is playing her as a pretty much a by the books, like goody two shoes ranger, but she's somewhat aloof to some people's problems because like nature uh, is what dominates. So if something is uh, nature based, animal based, she does side with them. Um, but it's, she's also realistic about situations. So it's, she's not maybe as goody two shoes as like a holy cleric or paladin would be, but, um, she doesn't really lie. Uh, we steal for the greater good. So we're somewhat like Robin hood in that regard. We try not to steal from the poor, but obviously we're fighting. It's a time sensitive quest here. So if we have to steal a few things to get shit done, we'll do it mostly because I don't want to always bust a out to steal everything for me. Some of the stuff I've done, uh, I always save animals. So we have Scratch in my party. I don't know if you guys found Scratch. Yep. I let him go. I shoot him off. <laughs> I say get. Okay. I chase him away. I don't know what you guys did with the owl bears, but I have a owl bear. I got the owl bear. I I do I do not. I sent those two people off to. Uh, I told them go get revenge and fight the owl bear, and then I never went to help them. So I assume they perished. <laughs> I assume Good they assumption. Perished. Uh, correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, See, my yeah. camp is empty. I got a lot of space. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the stuff is like Act Two stuff, so I don't want to get into it. But uh, basically, you know, I've tried to make convince my party to make the right choice, the hard right choice. Uh, for the most part, it's gone well. A few times it's gone wrong and made a few, an unintentionally bad decision that I shouldn't have that it led to some bad things that we'll talk about on a future episode. Uh, yes. But for the, for the time being, I, I think for the most part, people respect me. Um, there's some really cool stuff in Act 3 that I'm really looking forward to. And uh, I think that it'll be really interesting to see like character reputations and all this stuff pay off now after all the stuff I've done. Cause it's like, people know who you are. They know what you've done, but uh, there's one, it's not a spoiler, but it, it's interesting. Cause uh, even the, the, the Larian head talked about it, but there's an interesting quest involving the media in uh, act three and how you can influence it mm, and how it can influence that. your, uh, yeah. your uh, reputation. So that's kind of cool. That's uh, very looking cool. forward to, to that. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's interesting. You're right. Yeah, when we uh when we have you back for the end of year, maybe we'll pop in like a end of BG three segment where we go full spoilers into where stories led. I got one one more uh, thing to mention about um uh Act One. Actually, did you guys do the Ethel quest at all? F Ethel quest. Ethel, the hag. Ethel. No. I no, I don't 
think so. I fought some harpies on a beach, but that's it. So you guys never found the hag? No, I did not. I no. no, I have heard of Emma told me about it, but it's a big quest line. Um, so what's interesting about that is, uh, okay, in in the druid camp, you can find a a lady there who offers you like just you know to help you out. She's like giving potions and stuff, but you sense something's wrong about her. So you d- so um, the the voice in your head's like, don't tell her about us. And you're, you know, the guardian voice and you're like given a choice whether you want to say anything. And then you run into her later and it's a whole quest line involving uh, a hag and essentially like it's a very Hansel and Gretel like scenario involving some pretty uh, (laughs) wild stuff. Um, And it's it's really involved, actually. It's probably like a good solid two or three hours of the game. And that's act one. That's Act 1. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So Moby, you're in the Underdark now? Uh no, I I'm a I'm beating the puzzle I think in order to get to the Underdark. Oh, okay. My map tells me it's right beyond a big door. I've just been stuck on a puzzle and I've been stubbornly for myself not willing to look up the solution because I've like beaten everything else all by myself. So in the hallway that kind of leads into that chamber, I think on one of the bookcases, there is a book that gives you a hint about it or tells you something in it. So, but that's all I'll say about that. I, I also just want to—I uh, just want to ensure uh, the, the listener that that Buzz is not overtly evil. Everything—he's he, very subtle <laughs> in his evilness. Case in point: the little tiefling girl in the Emerald Grove that was being threatened by the druid leader with the snake. Buzz didn't say put her to death that terrible, awful child. He simply gave the child a a curt little, you know, almost imperceptible nod towards the exit, urging the child to run, which caused happened to cause the snake to bite. That's not Buzz's fault. That's not Buzz's fault. Of course, you just schedule the trains. And then, of course, Buzz uh, did the right thing and informed that child's parents uh, about who was responsible, the, the current druid leader stop acting so honorable who then of course uh at the tiefling party (laughs) for some reason she was the druid leader was there she didn't make it out of that party (laughs) (laughs) what is going on i'm telling you the most amount of death that has happened in my game happens at my camp like it's a fucking (laughs) murder house at that camp like it's not safe there you are not safe at my camp the charnel house Carnival, starring <laughs> Leland Steele. <laughs> so I, I know um, Emma definitely enjoyed herself quite a bit. She played, um, uh, I think, a half-elf ranger named Lana, who was basic, pretty much good. And so I asked her what her rating out of 10 would be, and she, Emma gives a, a, an 8.5. And, and she basically said the game was great up until kind of Act 3, where... She realized, and, and I'm I'm very loosely paraphrasing what she told me, but that she she almost got like this peek behind the curtain and realized that a lot of the choices that she thought were actual legitimate choices really were in in serving the purpose of funneling her to a conclusion that she felt like she didn't have much say in. Uh, again, I don't know any specifics because she hasn't spoiled anything for me because that's all Act Three stuff. So. 
I don't know. I'm interested to get there and see if I feel the same way. But that was kind of her overall very, very, you know, highbrow, not like uh, overarching take on, on her experience. Also, she had a bit of trouble with Act 3 running. I mean, it was kind of choppy, but she tweaked some settings and turned off dynamic NPCs, I think it's called, or whatever, and prioritized the game in the task manager, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, not too much, not too many problems or, or, or difficulties running Act 3, which um, leading up to that, there's plenty of people saying that, you know, it gets really choppy and laggy and I don't know if glitchy, but... Some people were having problems running the last third of the game. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes my gaming PC, which is a very good gaming laptop, run really hot um, to the point that I have to constantly adjust it on my lap because it's like burning hot. But uh, performance-wise, it's well-optimized. However, it auto-made the uh, settings are both really good-looking but also not choppy despite it running hot. So yeah, performance wise with this game, I'm happy with it. And through act one, almost on to act two. Um, I'm really stoked. I'm going to continue on with it. I I've heard some rumors and portents that act three is not good, but I won't judge it until I see it. Yeah. So far I'm about 10 hours into act three and I really like it, but I can kind of see what she's saying. I think there is a natural conclusion to the game that may it's hard to say it's hard to say if i if i was playing leland steel style if that would be different because i'm probably playing very similar to emma um but I, i'm curious because i will do a second playthrough for sure at some point uh and that'll tell, tell me for sure what the the, the scoop is there but glitches and uh frame rate and all that definitely some frame rate dips in act three compared to act two and one uh i play on the steam deck occasionally and in act two it was still running fine uh, obviously relatively low settings uh i think i turned off dynamic crowds on the steam deck uh and i would get around 30 frames um but it would have some dips on my PC, which is a 1080 Ti, um, it works pretty good. Uh, I mean, it's a six-year-old PC, uh, but it was good when I got it, obviously. I stream it from the PC to the TV in 1440p, uh, and it works quite well. Uh, I was occasionally getting some screen flicker, which actually had to do with Steam, not with the game itself, which I fixed. That being said, I typically will get 60 frames in the less active part of the game, but in Baldur's Gate itself, or in Baldur's Gate, uh, yes. Baldur's <laughs> Gate, I will get uh, some dips. And there was a few times where I would start stuttering. It did seem to improve with the recent update a little bit. So I'm thinking that that's still being ironed out. The What I'm thinking happened is Act 1 is probably very well optimized because that's what early access was. Right. Yeah. And Act 2 is a little bit more self-contained, I think, and it's probably easier to work with, whereas Act 3 seems to be, uh, I mean, it's the city, so and then everything else, and obviously there's a lot happening. Uh, it's a, it, it's very much a very uh, busy city, so 
I think it's probably the most resource heavy. Plus the game has to be just chugging along at that point under all the decisions you made and all the items that you can possibly drop. So of course, that's why they cut out act one and two at that point, because there's no way it could handle remembering all the shit you did and put on the ground and all that stuff. It has to make some cuts. And I'm, I'm guessing that's why it does that. Uh, But for the most part, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm basically taking the philosophy, uh, philosophy of my first playthrough, especially doing the Dark Urge stuff. Like, I don't need to see, I don't care about experiencing everything in my first play. Like, I mean, the hack thing. I, I'm i excited to, to, on a subsequent playthrough, find some of the things in Act 1 that I missed. Like, there's, there's a number of things that I, I don't want to say purposefully, but, like, I know where I've missed some things because conversation i've had i've had with emma um also i think i had a very brief iteration of a character before buzz that i had hit some parts that just as buzz i never went to like right right in the like pretty much right after the nautiloid crash so there's some directions that i didn't fully explore that i know i'll get to on a subsequent play with where i i do want to play more of a goody two-shoe character i think i might want to um play a pal and maybe multi-class um like a, pal, a, a pally uh, warlock, possibly. So I'm not worried about missing things. And I like that there are things to miss and that I don't... Like, I feel less stressed or burdened playing knowing that I don't care if I miss things because I know I'll have a chance to see them at some point. Mm, it's a wise thing to do, for sure. One thing I want to say what's interesting as we're talking about this is I believe it was the fifth highest rated review on Steam, at least that I saw for this game, said the most unique thing about this game is you're thinking about your second playthrough while already doing your first. If you know, you know. And that was the fifth highest rated review. And and what you're talking, Leland and Marty, I heard you earlier talking about your next playthrough. That uh, review kind of seems accurate. If you're already thinking about your second playthrough, like that's a good game. <laughs> right, right. How else do I say it? That's a good game. So uh, have you two tried uh, any weird stuff in like combat or tricks to get around some interactions or anything like that? So I saw, <laughs> I saw this uh, fairly popular uh, video. I think it was, a, uh, but there was, there was another one where in the goblin camp, they just took, I don't know how long it must have taken, but uh, a multiplayer, four people just took the time to lay out explosive barrels all through the goblin camp and then just at the very beginning of it lit one and then just exploded <laughs> an entire <laughs> chain and just obliterated the entirety of the goblin camp. <laughs> That's awesome. Like it was in, it's nuts. It's a really funny video. <laughs> but uh, I've, I don't think I've really tried anything like that i will say that i am drastically underutilizing scrolls i have so many unused scrolls and i'm trying to get better at using them and and placing that like scrolls of grease in the environments and stuff like that and oils and uh all that stuff yeah there's a lot that i underuse or like even elemental arrows are so powerful um the ones that like knock people back you can wipe bosses uh, like if you time it right you can just destroy really hard fights 
I did have one funny interaction in the goblin camp where there was a guy drunk and I just pushed him off a ledge. I just thought, you know what? No one's going <laughs> to <Nice>. see me. <laughs> so I just pushed him because I, I had been in a few fights already, but they weren't really aggro to me in general. And I just pushed him to his total death. It was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I've had a couple funny moments. Number one was near the beginning of the game. There was this suspended, I think it was like a bag filled with rocks. And I just had a Storian shoot it down, but my main character was underneath it. And so he's one hit knocked out by this big yeah. rock. So that was pretty <laughs> bad. I had, so luckily I had a bug, but the very first time I fought that dark elf in the goblin dungeon, what's her name? Mythandria, Mythandril. So there's a chasm where you fight her and somehow the bridge to get her, it's like a dinky wooden bridge got destroyed. But Shadowheart was right by the cliff and the Mithandrial girl, like her very first move, she just jumps behind Shadowheart and pushes her down the cliff and kills her. (laughs) And I would have ran with the game, but the game had a hard freeze about 30 seconds later. So I had to replay that spot. I would have gone with a dead Shadowheart. So that hurt though. That like hurt my heart. I was like, no, I like her. She's dead. You you can still bring them back. Uh, you can still revify them. So if they get pushed off a cliff, thank thankfully, <laughs> uh, because that's happened to me in a few fights. And on the harder difficulties, they go for it pretty aggressively. They don't take kindly to that. Uh, Leland, you're playing on balanced. Yeah, balanced. The number of times I've been kicked into lava, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's fucking Durgar. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, other than that, I'm not sure what kind of crazy moments I've had. I mean, I've already explained some of the interpersonal stuff. I mean, my character's pretty straight-laced, which is why it's good to have some characters like Astorian and Carlac. Did uh, did you uh, either of you two get to hire the, uh, the smart ogre mercenary guy? No. Oh, dude, he was instrumental in helping me at the goblin camp. I found the ogres. There was three of them. Yeah, and I think the smart one's like the enlightened one or something his name is. Yes, and what happened was it, it, my roles didn't go well, so we we had a fight, which then oh. aggroed the rest of the camp. Oh, no. Did you guys, did you guys find the um, orc and the bugbear or the ogre and the bugbear? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> No. I did. Yeah, that's that was hilarious. That was like one of the first <laughs> things I did in like the first four hours of me playing. I'm like, what is that sound from that barn? <laughs> oh boy, I want to find this barn. Oh, dude, you gotta go to <laughs> you gotta go go to the blighted village and just listen. Okay. <laughs> I like, don't I don't even want to ruin it for you. Just it's in the blighted village. I I'm already getting ideas. Terrible <laughs> ideas. <laughs> what could happen? Are you guys using speak to animals at all or uh, speak to the dead? I've I've recently been I've used a bunch of speak to dead. Um, it's cool. I was underwhelmed with the result. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I think you, playing the, te- the the pen and paper RPG using speak with dead, you probably find the same result. You know, if you were like playing at the table, playing D&D at a table, you'd probably be like, well, that was cool, but I didn't really get everything answered. And I think I the problem with when I tried it recently is I don't, I wasn't, I don't think, well, one, I wasn't talking to the right person to answer the specific question I wanted to try to get answered. But what I found was 
the person was related closely enough that I could just work the question and make it like as if I was forming a chain and get to where almost I needed to be. So, you know, uh, you if you ask one question, it could open up a series of other potential questions that are related to the first question you asked, right? So I was able to like find my, and almost like navigate my way through the choices to find the right person that I should be speak with dating. Unfortunately, I went back to her, found her body, tried to talk to her, and she wouldn't talk to her killer. So I got nowhere with that. So ultimately, I just kind of scrapped what, uh, whatever info I was trying to find, and I just moved forward with, with the main arc that I was doing. So I'm, I'm just thinking here. I mean, the only other question I would have myself before we rate this thing is, I feel compelled to use my feats to increase all my characters' armor class because otherwise they're taking near automatic hits. Um, do either of you feel that pressure, or is that just me? Uh, no, I use my feats. Uh, a few of them I upgrade their stats. A few of them, uh, like Lazel, I upgraded. I gave her better dual wielding abilities, so I use her as a dual wielding uh, warrior. I kind of regret it. I probably would have stuck with uh, two hand if I maybe respec her, but uh, it is nice because sometimes some of the weapons you get later on having the two uh, added effects is pretty nice. For for the most part, I've upgraded, uh, yeah, like mastery sometimes of armor, um, depending on the character. If if they're tanking, yeah, or I'm intending them to tank, maybe. But I've, I've kind of played it around. Uh, the only thing I didn't really do much, I didn't give them like any like of the light multi-classing feats, like where you can give them like a couple spells or whatever. I didn't really mess with that. Um, for the most part, stats based. I did give my ranger the initiative feat. Oh, nice. Which I actually like. I think that's been helpful because that can really can set the tide of battle every single time. Not being able to be surprised is useful. Yeah, very useful. Honestly, the... It's just, it, again, it is like D- Dungeons and Dragons. There are just feats that are better. And clearly, mechanically, mathematically, they're just the best feats to take. And obviously, that that's like depends on who the character is. But every character is going to find that there's just, really, you're going to want maybe like one, maybe two feats to invest in to make your character better. Otherwise, why not just use the ability score improvement, especially if it's going to get you a bump in your modifier. But I haven't felt pressured to do that, really. I mean, I've only been able to increase my ability scores once because I'm only level five, right? Usually when I play Dungeons & Dragons, I multi-class. Like, I make a character that's multi-class. I haven't done that in Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate yet, but I'm (laughs) thinking about respecking, I'm I'm thinking about respecking Buzz into some type of multi-class. Because now I have Withers at my camp, so I can do it, which is also another character that just showed up at my camp because I didn't find him where you find him on the map because I didn't go to that area of the map. So oh, no. he just showed up, and I'm like, oh, okay, who's this creepy skelly guy? <laughs> <laughs> but then I talked to him, and he's like, okay, I can do this, this, and that. And I'm like, okay, well, thanks, bro. See you around camp. <laughs> There's lots of space for you to live in. <laughs> so spread out. That's what he does. He just... <laughs> lurks around watching you have sex <laughs> right and he's the most naked because he's a skeleton i he suppose technically he's the most naked you're right <laughs> he's withered in all but one <laughs> so far i have not been able to fuck withers so oh, i know you've tried 
I know you have tried, Marty. My, okay, so so far my so far my character is a virgin. Wow. wow. Yeah. So is mine. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, but not by choice. I've made out with Shadowheart like a number of times. When did you actually fuck? <laughs> like, come on. Get with it, Maybe Shadowheart. she doesn't permit it. I Maybe. I mean, she's a cleric in the streets and a freak in the sheets, bro. Like, she loves, <laughs> loves the, the pain. And the, I mean, when you get involved in Dashar, like, it gets, it gets freaky. You bring new meaning to lay on hands. It's choking. <laughs> the best kind of choking there could be. Um, actually, that's a paladin ability, not a cleric ability. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, LeeLaneSteel.com, megabytes. Um, okay. Oh, well, should we review this thing, or do we have anything else we want to really go through beforehand? Um, the only last thing, uh, kind of negative thing I wanted to, well, negative and positive, is kind of the, the inventory management system. I really like that it's it's very easy to share items, but... Uh, it just feels clunky when you're trying to get a specific character to use something from someone else's inventory, right? I mean, you can hit, you can you can hit the tab and pull up all four characters' inventory, and then like select the specific character, right? At which point you'll be able to you'll get the like, oh, drink this potion, buzz, or drink Shadowheart. So you just have to have the right person selected to do it. So it's like it's it's very similar to the the changing out your swapping out your party. It's just kind of clunky the way it ultimately plays out and the way you actually ultimately kind of use it. Also, I really wish like if you were looking at a weapon or an armor or something, I, I wish somewhere it would tell you the proficiency for your entire party at a single glance, not just whatever character you have selected. I, I really wish it was a, you know, you could just see more data a little more clearly and more more readily available uh at points but that's it's pretty minor though like very minor really i that's improved since early access i remember that i i feel life of me because i play i played early access with keyboard and mouse but i'm playing this with a controller because because i stream it to the tv for the most part i have played a little bit with keyboard and mouse but mostly controller uh, so it's all done with radials. You just bring up R1 and just select your abilities and go from there. And then any applicable things that you can use, like scrolls, are available for that character. And then you have to go into the menus and move shit around if you want to move from character to character. But yeah, I think in early access, it was really hard to see an item and then to see even your selected character's equipment, like comparing stuff. It was really confusing. Now, at least you can see that. But yeah, it would be really cool if you could uh, just pop a whole bunch of tabs and just, you know, bring up all the characters and just compare to everybody because that would be really nice almost like if you had all your inventory in front of you and all your characters and you could just move shit around right away yeah yeah agreed yeah the inventory is tough in this game it, it mechanically it's probably my least favorite part of the game um i just feel like i'm constantly shuffling it not knowing what's important to keep or not i've got books up the yin yang and 99 percent of the books just say like hey, I saw a butterfly today. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, this <laughs> book is in the game. Is it like important? Or like, what, what the fuck am I supposed to do with it? So I think most books that are important update your journal if once you read them. So you can pretty much toss that. There have been a few items that weren't orange. So they weren't uh, like key items, I guess, that I did find useful. So like characters responded to me having them. Yes. Uh, right, like yes. there were books and things like that. That being said, most of it is uh, highlighted as a key item. Uh, what I think would improve the inventory is just making it so you could quickly sort the inventory into 
separate bags. It does that already with keys and with um, some alchemy items or um, like camp items like food uh, for consumption. But a lot of the alchemy items, I feel like, just get uh, piled up in your inventory. Um, some of the random crap. It, it should almost have like six tabs like just like you know uh miscellaneous uh, equipment whatever 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 you can obviously organize it based on that but it's not the initial setting if it just had some tabs you could highlight real quick that would be i think ideal is there a is there a, a hot key to mark something to put it into your wares because that would be great i just want to i really want to i want to left click an item and i want to hit a key and then it's marked as wares or it's sent to wares or sent to camp that would be great yeah, it'd be nice if you could like highlight a whole bunch and then just select and then just boom, you go there. And like, yeah, you, there's a lot of options they could do to really st- like just um, make it a little bit more streamlined because there is a lot of time spent trying to go through it. You go to each, you know, NPC to sell your stuff and it just it takes too, a little bit too long. Uh, it's quite frustrating. Well, I, I will say I don't know how much either of you have utilized that that wares selection. That's that is incredibly handy when you're selling stuff because you just whoever you're talking to, you just hit trade and then you there's a button that comes out that says sell wares and everything you've marked as a wear is sold, assuming they have the gold to pay. Like it's that is really, really handy. I, I do really like that. Yep. But I'm I mean, I'm ready to give my rating again. I have really only played act one also have not seen the entirety of one because, as I mentioned, I'm not worried about missing things and just kind of charging ahead like Buzz would. So currently my rating is sitting at like a nine, nine and a half out of 10. Like there's very minor negatives I'm having. Of the, like I really, one, I, I already really love Dungeons and Dragons. All the things we've, all the positives are talking about the voice acting, the choices you can make, the interactions you have with NPCs. Like it's all just top tier. I mean, it, it, like so far of what I've seen, Larian is, Studios has just knocked it right out of the park. Like there isn't even a stadium anymore. That ball is in the stratosphere, right? So I'm having I'm having a really really good time, and it's just ridiculously easy to sit down for four plus hours at a time, not realizing that m- amount of time has passed, and you're just sucked right into everything you're doing. Yeah, uh, I mean, from my end on it, I think I have a good handle, like maybe 80% on what the rest of the game will be, at least tonally and how it's built. I will play it to completion. I think it'd be fun for December at the year end review to just spend like 15 minutes talking about this after we're all done. Um, so maybe we'll slot that in. I'd give it an eight, eight out of 10. I think it's a very good CRPG. As I mentioned at the beginning of today, it's not my favorite of all genres, Certain genres involving farming, harvesting, and valleys may be my favorite genre. <laughs> yeah, eight, solid 8 out of 10 for me. Marty? Okay. Uh, well, I'll give this the caveat that CRPGs are... I love them. Like, they're one of my favorites. But I think what I love about them is that is when they involve the immersive sim aspect quite a bit. So, for example, games like Deus Ex, games like uh, even like Mass Effect to some extent, like with your character choices, but especially games where you have a lot of option uh, where you can you know approach situations with like 10 different solutions and it affects uh, downstream in the game. Like anything like that, I really enjoy. That's probably my favorite type of game. And the fact that this does that so well with 
very high quality uh, and just everything across the board lets me look at the things that I would nitpick. And I think that when you when you're nitpicking things like that in a game, it means you like the game because you're just thinking of how could this be better because I like it so much. And to me, that that speaks really highly. Um, I put a lot of time into this game. Ty, like time is of the essence for me right now. It sounds like I'm dying. Uh, but you know, time's like li- it's limited, right? Not like again. I have to kind of pick and choose. Yeah, it sounds like I'm getting torn back to hell already. <laughs> but it's you know it it is limited, and I have to make some decisions of what I do with my spare time. And it's been all Baldur's Gate since Baldur's Gate came out. You know, eighty hours of it. It's this game's a ten for me. It's nice. it, wow. you know it's it, it's it's in my top tier of games right now uh but of course i really like for me to really review a game and to think of it that way i have to wait till i'm done and give it a bit of time because sometimes once time has passed it lets that you you pull off those rose-colored glasses and you see it for what it was you know for example if i look back at elden ring i don't look back quite as highly as i did when i was in the middle of it doesn't mean I don't like it, but I had time to sit and think about it a bit. And I'm curious to see what I'll think about this game in about three weeks, four weeks, once I've beaten it the first time and sat with it a little bit. I think it'll be pretty good, though, because like we already said, I'm already thinking about playthrough number two. Okay. Well, I guess uh, with that, we can kind of close off this segment. For clarity... Resident Evil 4 remake is also a 10. So uh, I don't know what <laughs> well, you guys gave it. I didn't, uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't listen to the shenanigans. Static. You're breaking up. Going back to hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listener. Well, uh, we, we appreciate uh, Ghost Marty uh, joining us today, but we do have to send him back to hell there. Um, I know it was only one segment, but we thought this hybrid segment on like legitimately the most important current video game out there at this moment uh, was important. So with that, Ghost Marty, we'll roll a D20 to make sure you go right back into Lucifer's bosom. So with that... <laughs> We, I guess we'll all say, we'll all say goodbye together because we rarely have this opportunity. So, and I'm, I'm hoping to maybe hear a certain laugh at the end, but, uh, okay. Leland Steele, give us the end of show. All right. End of show stuff will banish ghost Marty once again. Our website is ttpopcast.com. The TUD podcast on Facebook, TT podcast on Instagram. I'm Leland underscore seal on X. Uh, and that is who I've been. I've been Moby. Leland's constant foil, yet I constantly agree with him and seem to have lots of congruency. (laughs) And with that, (laughs) I guess I'll say take care, listener. Thanks, listener. (laughs) Bye-bye. This has been a Sounds of Steel production.